Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. Zwift is interval workouts, training plans, and massive online group rides made fun. Because fun works, and fun gets results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com to try it today. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we start, let me remind you that you can download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website sbs.com.au slash tdf or log a rise with our friends at Zwift. I tell you why, Maka, we are on the top at Ting. It's pouring down. We're doing it outside just because it's fun. Eagle Benal just left. What a day we had. It never stops to amaze me, this Tour de France. It is an incredibly crazy day. I was thinking about it before. The Tour de France gives you emotions, excitement, scenery, drama, sadness, and that's in just one stage. In one single stage, we had all of that and more. Pino, Bernal, the drama of the race, landslides, snowstorm, thunder. It's been... And, and, and we are standing... To give people, our listeners context, we are standing at the front of the podium as it gets basically uh, put back down and closed up for the night. Just standing across from us is Egan Bernal's, we believe, his girlfriend and his father. Still getting interviewed in the rain. A bunch of fans have waited here for two hours. Under the rain, and we just heard the, the, the sound of their voice singing. Yeah, Egan Bernal, he said, I'm not getting in the van just yet. And I know he walked over to a gentleman here, an Italian man who used, who runs a fan club, used to run a, the Egan Bernal fan club from his Italian club back in Italy. He has waited here. He was just like a classic Italian sobbing, crying. Sobbing, he cried. He's not sobbing, he well, cried. Really crying now as I sort of talk about it because they were hugging each other. Bernal was hugging this guy as much as he was hugging Egan. And it was just, we have found our next champion. I know that much. No matter what happens tomorrow... We have found our next champion in cycling. This kid is 22 years of age. Absolutely. Well, let's dig, describe a little bit the stage. It all started as a inverted comma normal stage. Then the first drama was Pino stopped. All of a sudden, Pino was dropped at the back, had a problem with his leg. What do you know about this? I don't know a lot. All I know is that post-stage, he had a what do they call it? Contusion. They use these fancy words for doing some damage. Apparently, he'd He'd sort of torn the muscle tendon or fibres in his, in his thigh. He was sore last night, could barely walk, they said. And then this morning, overnight, it didn't, it didn't improve at all. So he started the stage, you know, obviously in a lot of trouble. His teammates didn't wait for him uh, when he was getting dropped off the back. So what does that mean? Does that mean they knew it was game over from the moment he sort of pulled out of the peloton? Well, they knew overnight that, yeah, he, pr he probably potentially wasn't going to finish the stage, obviously. You, you would have had the whole team around him. It was sort of surprising, even though they, they obviously knew the damage that he'd done. I'm surprised that 
they didn't put riders around him, or maybe they knew the riding was on the wall. But the the, the images of him just upset and crying, his teammate hugging him, him hugging his teammate, wanting to be consoled and crying. Uh, yeah. talk, talk, how many how many tears have we seen on this oh. on this stage? Oh, it was it was it's well, there's been way too many tears on this tour. <laughs> from, I think from all and sundry, but it's it's you know the everything that the tour gives us. And even the, the sad bits, the drama, the bits that you think, gee, that's not fair, that's so sad for this rider, that's, you know, it shouldn't happen. We, it's what makes the race so great. It what makes this event, this sporting event, stand above, I think, any other sporting event in the world. Yeah, and then what do you think is feeling, though, Pino, tonight? Because with all the drama that has happened after this, uh, we, we know the race has been stopped. Uh, what What's his state of mind? Because he's got it to a finish, but maybe... Could he have said maybe just we could have had one more day if that would have only a few kilometers down? Maybe could have felt a little bit better. You just know. I think you know as a professional athlete, you know, and you know you just can't. Um, when you can't keep going, you can't keep going. So it's it's a tragedy because I think Pino, this was his biggest chance. Oh, by far his biggest chance to win the Tour de France. You know. I've said all along from before the race started, I actually picked him. I picked him to win the Tour de France. And I still, based on even the way the race unfolded today, I still would have given Pino a big chance. I think we better move. It's starting to rain heavy and we're both walking quicker. Let's get underneath the truck. <laughs> okay, we are underneath the truck now. Um, if you want, just picture it. We are actually what, kneeling down under <laughs> a truck. I mean, this podcast is crazy. This Tour de France is crazy. I've done things in my life, but this is just nuts. Uh, so, Pino, yeah, absolutely disappointed. Uh, there's no other words. Uh, the French are disappointed because Philippe lost uh, the jersey, rightly so, I think, today, because he, he really went on the limit. He didn't completely drop down. We'll talk about the circumstances and what it means for the, for the GC. Uh, but in terms of the, the way it happened, Philippe did show some courage. And by the way, you saved your house as well. You, you, can, keep your, you can keep your title. <laughs> oh, gee, actually, I forgot all about that. Um, no, look, you're right. He, he's a... And, you know, regardless of what happens, and we, know, we all know this, he's a legend as well. He's a champion, Philippe, and how good is he for the sport? But to his benefit today, he it is benefiting the race, finishing uh, on top of the Isidon. So, yeah, we probably need to clarify for people that haven't seen uh, the stage it's, uh, itself, but the, the race the, was neutralised, and when they neutralised the stage, they went back to the latest stop, and the latest stop was the Col de Liseron, and Liseron, this is where they, they decided this is where the, the stage stopped, this is where you stop the timing, and basically... Uh, um, Philippe lost so much time he was 35 seconds or 40 seconds behind Bernal Bernal was became from the virtual leader of that race to the leader of that race yeah it's crazy and uh, unprecedented really uh, although you said in 1996 a similar thing happened and it was in this same spot yeah in 1996 the, the year Bjarne Ritz uh, won the, the, the Tour de France I think uh, it's exactly the same thing happened in exactly the same place uh, so this yeah this tour is and maybe maybe I don't know this, this tour is just uh, the Tour de France itself is incredible But what, what, what's amazing about the neutralisation and how it came about are the images that we saw sort of during and then post. We're talking major landslides. We're not just talking a little bit of... We're not talking just 
ice on the road and too dangerous on the descent, which that's enough, by the way, to neutralise the race. The, um, Christian Pudum said the landslide was two metres high. Yeah. Two metres. There was a wall of mud two metres high, which is basically one storey, roughly. It's. I'm not sure if you've seen... I've been ploughing through some of the Twitter vision. We're talking people are running. I'm talking running in panic... And can I, without trying to dramatise it, but I don't know what else, how else to say, running for their lives because they they were concerned that this landslide was going to suddenly grow. You don't you don't you don't you can't predict what a landslide's going to do. And and this vision shows. Uh, I think it's uh, well Tour de France officials and sponsors etc. Stopped on the road, not being able to get through. It was incredible. Like it's and I mean the riders will see all the vision and say, oh okay. Now we get it. Now we understand why you had to neutralize the race. Because they didn't really agree, though, you know, at first, because they didn't know. And actually, as a, fo- uh, as a funny, inverted comma, uh, fact, um, Egan Bernal was told in English and he didn't understand the message because it was in English. It's until it actually said, pull someone in Spanish to actually tell him, oh, basta or stop, stop, or whatever <laughs> it is in Spanish, uh, that basically he just went, ah, okay, I'll stop. Yeah, it's it's no the whole thing is just incredible, you know, and and the sporting arena, the stadiums of cycling, that's what you know. I mean, they do an incredible job of of you know the sport and, and ASO and keeping the roads closed. But when Mother Nature decides to take over, there is absolutely nothing you can do about it, and that's that's what we saw unfold today, didn't we? Exactly that. The only shame, maybe, uh, for the race is that Eagle Bernard wasn't able to uh, claim more time because he could have finished with probably three minutes on top of Ting. He could have had three minutes lead, but he's now only at 35 seconds on Philippe. So, in a way, the Tour de France is also controlling the weather for the French? Well, they're controlling... They're, yeah, the, 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 the Tour de France may be controlling the weather, controlling and Mother Nature saying, oh, we just wanted to be a little bit close right to the end. We want you on the edge of your seat. So... You're dead right. Alaphilippe would have closed up on the descent marginally, but then he would have lost more time because Bernal took two minutes in five kilometres on on Alaphilippe. So he would have gained more time. He would have gained three or four minutes, let's be honest. So I think Alaphilippe, when the dust settles for him, and, and not that he was upset or angry. I think already I've seen a quote. He said, no regrets with what's unfolded. Uh, you know, the star that he is. But I think once he, the dust settles, he'll think, ooh, that was a bit of a. That was a bit of a. Uh, what is it? Go past on the Monopoly board, you know. Go, go past go and collect two hundred, or, or, or you know, go past jail or get out a free jail card. So he can now fight for the podium. Still, I mean, the writing's on the wall because it's a monster day tomorrow. We've got and it finishes with that thirty-four kilometre climb up to Valfarin. So it's not looking good. You know what? Who cares? Because he was. I guess you can say now that. Alaphilippe was probably never going to win the race. So what we should do is celebrate what he has done. Having said this, and I don't want to uh, just uh, mention this too quickly, but uh, it looks like the weather is going to be even worse than today on top of Alterance. Tomorrow, that's the prediction. There's a weather warning. Can this play in the favour of anyone? Can they actually just cancel the race, stop the race, minimise the race? There's a lot more to be said in this sort of front. Absolutely. Absolutely. How good is Egan Bernal in the atrocious conditions? I'm not sure. I, I, I think if we go back and look at races, and look, he's tough. I'm, I'm sure I think he'll manage it as good as anyone else, I, I guess. But it changes. 
we all know that. The context of the race changes when suddenly you have got miserable cold conditions. If it's just raining and wet and cold, I can't imagine they'll cancel the race. If there is potential danger for landslides or things like that once again, yes, they'll be assessing it. I mean, I must say the ASA, they'd be... Uh, I'm not sure if Christian Prudhomme, he says he does get plenty of sleep and he sleeps like a baby, no problems. But I'll tell you what, tonight he may not be. He may be up all night working out a plan B, C, D and an E just in case. Uh, the events are opening up even more around us. So we'll, uh, we'll finish this podcast very quickly uh, because it's getting a bit uh, dangerous, I think, actually. But uh, in, in a way, uh, can we close the discussion about the leadership at Ineos? Can we say the reigning champion, Garen Thomas, has lost this tour and Eagle Bernard is the leader at Ineos this year? For now. Yeah. But I would imagine a Welshman wouldn't mind the cold, miserable conditions tomorrow. Ooh, you're predicting something interesting. We have, we've seen too many things happen in this race and it's just too hard to predict. So I'm not predicting anything. You're right with the first point based on what we saw today and yesterday. But tomorrow, if it is bad weather, that can change everything. One last point and then I'll let you go. Uh, when Sir Bradley Wiggins won the Tour de France, there was a bit of a leadership contest with Froome. When Geraint Thomas won the Tour de France, there was a bit of a leadership with Froome. And now there's a bit of a leadership at the, the top of Ineos. They can't get it straight. Yeah? It has to be a bit of a battle at the, at the very front to know who's the leader of that team. Well, imagine, let's just fast forward. Let's just do it because we can. <laughs> But imagine in 12 months' time, if Chris Froome is back, and I think he will be back, he wants to win his fifth. You've got, potentially, the defending champion will be Egan Bernal next year. And you've got Geraint Thomas, who says, well, hang on a minute, I don't want to take a back seat either. You can't have three leaders, I don't think, at the Tour de France well, next Well, movie year. stuff, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and that hasn't worked. <laughs> no, it's, it's look... You got to you got to tip your hat to Ineos and Egan Bernal. He's an exceptional rider, and I guess the last thing I'll say on that uh, that sums him up: the emotions that poured out of Egan Bernal in the live interview. He just stopped and broke down into tears. Uh, he's just a kid. He's 22 years of age. He's so mature, but at the same time, I think we just we should remind everyone and ourselves that he's just a kid. And uh, you know, we get there's hysteria about how good he's going to be, but gee, let's just let him enjoy the enjoy riding his bike and let us enjoy watching him race absolutely and i just remember how you were when you were 22 you know it's uh, he's already done something a lot greater than me definitely when i was 22 uh, thank you michael we're not going to um, look at the stage too much about tomorrow we know it's going to be hellish and and we're just going to have to wait and see and you're going to you guys going to have to tune in to to watch this race thank you michael thank you This was a very wet version of the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can download, stream or subscribe to our website, to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash tdf or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Maka, it's time to go. Who's driving? I don't know if I trust you down the mountain with this water. Trust me. I'll, I'll be, it will be fine. We'll be fine. But uh, I think we better put our joggers on and sprint to the car because it is absolutely raining cats and dogs. It's muddy. Thank you, guys. Bye. Before we go, a quick shout-out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer, and your PC, Mac, or Apple device. With training plans, interval workouts, group rides, and a global community to motivate you, level up, and become a stronger rider. Give people a ride on, and you're sure to get one back. 
as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today for your free trial.